Today we're talking about never judging a book by its cover, accepting the long-term learning curve involved in building a business, and diving into how residual income can help you conquer the most awful curveballs life throws at you. Welcome to episode 22 with Lyndon Birnoff. You are listening to Len Jones' Party of Two, where experts and influencers speak honestly and openly about their keys to success. Sponsored by Trueface.ai, where your face is the key. For more information on Trueface, please contact your host at ian at trueface.ai. Now, pay close attention, because you're going to learn today. Oh, what's up, party people? How's it going? Hope you're having a phenomenal day. If it's anything short of spectacular, then I'm glad you're tuning into the show. Starting your day with a dose of positivity can do wonders for your productivity. In doing so, it creates a feedback loop in the brain that signals you to get the most out of the situation you're in. This ability to spin your everyday interactions by seeing the best in them will increase your productivity, mood, and overall happiness. And if you're new to the podcast, our mission here is twofold. To educate aspiring entrepreneurs by dissecting the come-up stories of incredible humans by extracting the golden nuggets that you can apply now to better your life. And second, to have all my friends in my life that are making moves, to meet my other friends in life that are making moves, to create one giant community of extraordinary people. Lyndon Birnoff has reaped the benefits of never judging a book by its cover. He has been a seven-figure, multi-million dollar earner inside his company for over a decade and credits it partially to his ability to speak eye-to-eye with just about anyone. Lyndon notes that it's important to not look at people as they are, but to look at them based off what they can become. I found it really touching in how he goes into detail about some of the hardest times in his life, including his mom's fight with Alzheimer's and his son's fight just to stay alive. By building a business that pays him residual income, he has created a lifestyle where he can spend time with the ones he loves when they need him the most, which is pretty much all that matters and and why we do what we do. So on today's episode, Lyndon covers topics such as what were the biggest drivers to build a multi-million dollar business, his biggest fears when trying to start his business, things he wished he would have done differently, and the values and principles to help guide aspiring entrepreneurs. And so if you find some brain berries in this podcast that provide value, I'd love for you to take a screenshot and tag my Insta at Len Jones so I can feature you in the story. Now, without further ado, let's jump into it. All right, everybody, we are out here with Mr. Lyndon Birnoff. Lyndon, how you doing, my man? I'm going great. Great to speak to you today, Ian. And you're coming at us from Australia, is that true? That's it, yeah. I live in a, uh, a small town just west of Brisbane in uh, the sunshine state of Queensland. Were you born and raised in Australia? I was, yeah. So, Is it true that Australia has, like, the most amount of animals and insects that can kill you? Um. It is. You probably won't encounter a tornado or an earthquake or anything like that, but uh, snakes, spiders, fish, jellyfish, um, you name it. Yeah, there's about uh, 85 ways you can die by animals here in Australia. That's gnarly. And, and kangaroos are everywhere, right? Well, not everywhere. I, I live in the very edge um, of my uh, town on the side of a mountain. So if I, when I wake up in the morning, there's uh, quite often kangaroos jumping around. But um in the middle of town, a different story. I love that. Yeah, I had um, this dream vacation planned to Australia about a year ago to go scuba diving on a liveaboard for seven days. I eventually had to cancel it because our startup got into an accelerator. 
but I know I will be back there soon because it is absolutely gorgeous. The Great Barrier Reef is amazing. For anyone listening to this, if you haven't gotten into scuba diving, you need to. Um, <laughs> but Lyndon, man, your life is awesome. I know we we, we chatted. I thought it was going to be like a five-minute chat turned into over an hour. Um, you're just such an interesting human. Yeah. You know, you're one of those people that really cares about people. Realize that when you start to build a team, you never really know who's going to come into the business. So you become very accepting of so many different people. And I think that that skill is something that has changed my life forever because it made me realize that like, wow, like my, my, I, I never knew I could be friends with so much, such a unique variety of people. Would you agree on that? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think that, you know, people that uh, build a business knows that it's it's a tough industry. It's it's not it's not easy. But yes, it can be very fulfilling. And yes, it can be very rewarding. But you do need to take along personal growth for the for the uh, for the drive, for the ride. And, and um, you know, personal growth is all about getting out of your comfort zone, relationships included. When you say personal growth, so you know that's correlated with personal development. Are were you one to embrace personal development at a really young age? Um, look, to be really honest, um, uh, no. You know, when <laughs> I started this, <laughs> when I started this industry, you know, as a teenager and thought that I knew everything, you know, I found out pretty quickly that um, that I had a lot to learn, and so. Um, uh, you know, I was in a very unique position when I started building the business because, uh, you know, I had a, a sponsor that was very closely connected to me emotionally. It was my, uh, you know, my mum. And uh, but I was this young, brash teenager that thought that, um, you know, this industry was easy and and uh, and uh, found out that it really wasn't. That's true. And you kind of learn as you go, right? You just kind of figure it up, figure it up and pick up where you leave off. It's People talk about that whole idea of stepping outside your comfort zone. Would you yeah. like, how do you think was like the biggest lesson that you, looking back in your career where you felt like you really had to step outside your comfort zone and it might have been one of the most uncomfortable things you have ever done? Uh, look, for me, honestly, it was having to pretty much always deal with people that were older than me, that had more life experience than me, uh, that had more success than me. And, you know, being able to develop a work relationship and rapport and, and confidence, um, you know, under those circumstances, um, it, it was difficult. Uh, you know, sometimes wasn't, uh, you know, a two way street where someone in their 40s might have found it very difficult to work with someone that was a teenager or someone in their early 20s. So that, that was probably my most challenging period where I had to get out of my comfort zone. Right. Yeah, and and when you're not when you're not building your business, you're not hustling and grinding. I mean, you've you've crushed it inside of. One thing that's really unique about you is you're not too big on social media. Um, you're really old school. You keep it old yeah. school. Uh, do you yeah. think that that's a that's something that you know you you enjoy? Is that out of choice, or is that because you just have chosen to not just jump in? I don't know that it's so much um, you know of choice. I think it was really just out of. Um, out of habit, really, and I suppose when I, you know, I started building this industry in the late 80s, you know, I was a, a teenager back then, right, no social media, you know, as close as you got to a computer being utilized in the business was was uh, the beginning of sending emails. So it was really at a time when you had to be an effective uh, face-to-face network marketer. It was all about 
meeting people. It was all about live events. It was all about hopping in a motor car and and uh, and traveling. But over time, obviously, things changed, um, and this industry really started to grow and develop. And we saw, you know, a big move um, by network marketing companies to start to become global platforms, sort of at the end of the, you know, end of the 90s. And 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 for me, it was really about uh, what I was used to or what I became good at. You know, I I did become good at making network marketing very personal. And so that was kind of my habit. Um, you know, now being able to utilize, you know, social media, I, I love it too. And I'm still, you know, I'm still learning. You know, I think the danger with social media is that sometimes, you know, it's such a convenient tool to um, meet people. It's such a convenient tool to get exposure. Um, but, it's not really an ideal tool to, um, you know, establish a relationship. So when people uh, overuse social media, it's it's it really tends to be for the convenience rather than uh, its ability to really connect with people personally. I love to use it to meet people. I love to use it for people to find me, but I want to then take the time to show people I want to get to know them personally. I want to get off, uh, you know, a chat room or or um, texting. I want, to, I want to get to know how people tick because if I can do that, then I have the best chance of being able to develop that emotional connection, uh, that trust, um, and, and find out what makes a person tick. How can I help someone achieve you know, their goals and dreams? Are there certain qualifying questions that you feel that, you, that are like the best questions that you've ever learned in your side in, in your career to quickly be able to identify like who someone is and how you would best approach or react to them i tell you what i wish there was <laughs> <laughs> Every, everyone is everyone is just so different i i tend to find for me to be able to really qualify uh, someone's intent uh in this industry it's you know actions really speak louder than words and so i try to use time as my friend in the beginning so i want to um, be able to have uh, as long, um, as intimate, as high quality conversation, you know, as I can to build some sort of connection. Um, and, you know, quite often the person that tells me, um, uh, you know, the most positive things or, or sounds the most amazing in a conversation may end up doing, you know, very little. And sometimes it might be the person that's very reserved, very help, very um, uh, held back, that's very cautious, that through that time communicating with them, they, they gain trust, but their actions, you know, speak volumes and, and, and they might surprise you. So, you know, I, I, I you know, there, there are patterns, I suppose, in, in, in communication with people, but you've got to leave yourself open for sometimes, you know, things to happen that you weren't expecting. But actions always speak louder than words in, in my book. Absolutely. And I think that in, a lot of history for a lot of these people that are building a business or or for the people that really kind of turn the gears on it's typically a certain moment in their life where like you know a they they might have hit rock bottom or a they might have just got to a point where enough was enough and they were yeah. sick and tired of being sick and tired do you feel yeah. can you kind of look back into a moment in your life where maybe that happened for you look not for me personally but certainly for many many people that i i I've dealt with. I mean, my my entry to this industry really happened by um, accident. I, I was, you know, as a 
as a 17 year old you you know how many 17 year olds know what they want to achieve in life i mean you know if they do they're probably wrong <laughs> you know um my entry into this industry really came out of inspiration from um a mentor a, a coach someone that i'd seen do tremendous things in this industry and it was you know it was actually my mum because 10 years previously this industry kind of uh, saved our family. You know, my father had passed away and my mum was broke and, you know, she had three little kids that she was raising on her own. And and um, she was simply invited along to a, a live event, to a meeting. She didn't understand the industry. She'd never participated. And she went along just with an open mind. And she thought that this industry had given her enough hope you know, to test the waters. And she started to, you know, build with a very good company. And and uh, when she was on the verge of losing her house, uh, five years later, we were still living in that house, but she now owned it. So I kind of grew up in this environment where, you know, my mum was kind of a bit of a superhero to me. You know, she'd been able to, um, you know, put me in the best of private schools, provide the best of education. Um, yeah, she really taught me, I suppose if you worked hard in life, anything you wanted to achieve was possible. So I ended up changing from uh, doing a science degree at university to um, to one day, you know, working full time with my mum in a mother and son business. And we stayed working together uh, for um, the best part of 20 years. Wow. That is so cool. I mean, just think about how unique of an experience that is. Uh, I mean, that's why we work. And that's something that you know, you really kind of caught my heart and you could tell that you, uh, I just saw like the sincerity of you when you talked about, you know, two of the biggest challenges in your career, um, one relating to the birth of your second child and, and, and your uh, mom later on in her life. And you talk about yeah. how thankful you were because you were able to build a residual income stream that had yeah. set you up for, you know, obviously when life throws curveballs, it's going to throw curveballs at everybody, but at least it yeah. put you in a position where you weren't drowning at the same time because of money issues. Can you kind of tell us about, you know, those those incidents and those challenges that really defined your life? Absolutely. Well, you know, this I call network marketing a beautiful adventure and it is, you know, so challenging, you know, for you to succeed, you've got to experience personal growth, you've got to put in effort, you've got to get out of your comfort zone. Um, you've got to um, input so much effort um, into a business that at times you're not seeing a reward or, or a, a positive outcome. But if you get it right, and you do have that opportunity to build residual income, it's a great industry to be in. And, you know, when I got um, married, and, and uh, we were starting a family, um, it really emphasized to me how powerful network marketing is to be able to, you know, choose, you know, great holidays, to have great life experiences, to have that sort of spontaneity. You know, but the, you know, the biggest thing was really, as you said, the birth of my, my second child, my, my son, because uh, we had uh, Alexander home for just a few hours and he was starting to turn blue. And, and the only reason that Alex survived today was that we live literally you know, five minutes from our local hospital. And so cutting a long story short, we raced Alex to hospital. Um, you know, he was then rushed by ambulance uh, to the largest hospital in my state. And, and over a period of three or four or five months, uh, it took 
28 doctors until they'd been able to diagnose what the issue was because my son uh, couldn't swallow. He was struggling to breathe. Um, and uh, they eventually found that up underneath the brain, he had a, a cyst called an arachnoid cyst that was pressing on nerves. Um, and uh, so we went through two uh, very big major surgeries, uh, special operating equipment had to be flown in from the largest hospital in Australia. And for nine months, you know, our relationship was challenged massively because we had to virtually live on site at the hospital. Uh, and we were really fighting for uh, my son's life. And, and when I think about how network marketing helped, I mean, it was able to provide me and my wife an opportunity um, not to worry about things outside what the present challenge was. We didn't have to worry about money. We didn't have to worry about, um, you know, work commitments. We didn't have to worry about losing a job. Um, and during that whole period, you know, our, our income was still able to grow. And, and thankfully, the happy ending to that story was, you know, post, you know, two surgeries, um, you know, my son was... Uh, had a dramatic recovery and and uh, 11 years on, he's a happy, you know, healthy boy. But that period was probably a, a time that really defined uh, my relationship uh, with my wife. I mean, I found out that, you know, I married someone that was a whole lot stronger than me. Um, but it also really defined that everything that I'd worked hard for for 20 years prior to that really was so worthwhile. Every one of those past challenges, every one of those meetings that people didn't turn up, every one of those uh, great enrollments that you expected big things to happen but didn't, you know, all of those little challenges in the past uh, really, um, I suppose, you know, built um, a business that taught me character, that, took, that taught me patience, but also showed me that I've been able to create something pretty amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. And and it also reflects uh, in the same way. I, first of all, I loved what you said to circle back. Um, you said network marketing is a beautiful adventure. Now, for anyone that's listening to this, you could fill in, instead of using the word network marketing, you should just say entrepreneurship is a beautiful adventure. <laughs> because for anyone that's starting a business or for anyone that has been in any sort of field or industry where they are the ones out there believing in themselves when no one else believes in them they know that the only it's such a journey it's such an up and down like darren hardy says you know the um what does he call it these the emotional roller coaster or no he does not get the entrepreneurial roller coaster something roller coaster but the fact is is that there's so many ups and downs and in the times that when things hit down is what reminds you about the up. I, I love the phrase, you never ever quit on a bad day. Always, you know, look at what you're doing on a good day. And for you with your mom, I mean, like you've had some struggles with her too. Um, and network marketing was really able to kind of be, a, be a, a huge clutch thing because you said that while she was going through her challenges, your business kept growing. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I uh, really thank my mum, you know, daily, you know, for my success in this career, because without her, um, you know, I, I know I probably wouldn't have made it. Um, and, and um, you know, one of the lessons she really taught me was, was time. You know, if you, if you uh, have that vision of knowing what you can achieve through this industry, the little challenges along the way are just, you know, a little stories, you know, amongst the, the whole book that's going to be written of your success down the track. And so, so many, so many aspiring entrepreneurs 
or networkers quit too early. You know, they're not willing to embrace time. They're not willing to refine their their craft. And so, you know, my mum taught me patience. Uh, you know, she taught me how to, you know, treat people and, and uh, how to build relationships. And, and uh, sadly, when my mum, you know, retired, you know, she started to have, a, have health issues. And one of the real scourges out there today is obviously dementia and Alzheimer's. And my mum, you know, fell victim to that, you know, horrible uh, disease. And so for someone who was so physically healthy and so giving to other people, um, it was so sad to see, um, you know, her losing her memory and and her ability to speak. And, and uh, you know, that disease is such a scourge. Very few families, you know, are left untouched uh, from that disease. And the great thing about, um, you know, working with her for as long as I have, one of the fears that my mum always had was that she never, ever wanted to go into a nursing home, you know, into an institution. Um, and, um, you know, she may be promised one day that that would never happen. And I said, well, you know, as long as it's as uh, safe and there's a possibility to look after you outside of that sort of scenario, that's what I'm going to do. And so my mum has advanced Alzheimer's. She she can't speak or communicate. And, and you know, some days I don't even know whether she recognises me, but she is too... Uh, full-time carers, two qualified uh, nurses. She's still uh, in her own home um, and um, uh, she's cared in a way that she really wanted to be cared for. That's quite, you know, quite expensive. It's, you know, it costs a few hundred thousand dollars a year to do that. Um, but I'm proud that, uh, you know, it's one small way that I can repay, you know, the gift that this industry was for myself, you know, back uh, to the person that made it all possible. So uh, we've been looking after my mum that way now for uh, probably the best part of seven years. Um, and uh, you know, we'll continue to do so as long as it's possible. Um, and without being an entrepreneur and without being part of this industry, that would have been completely impossible. Yeah, it's so, so that 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 whole disease is so insane. I mean, the more I read about it, I mean, like you mentioned, you know, she was the healthiest person you like in the planet, like the healthiest. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes things happen and, you know, you got to be ready for life when life hits and you got to, you know, look at what you have and be grateful for what you have. And you seem to be very, very grateful for what you have. Do you think that being like gratitude has kind of like helped? Like, would you say you're like an always a happy, positive person or do you have days where you're just like a total Grinch? <laughs> Look, I, I, um, everyone has their moments, but uh, I can honestly say that that every morning when I get up, I kind of have to pinch myself because I do feel like uh, you know the luckiest guy around. Um, I'm, I feel like that I've lived my dream. Um, I feel like that the, you know, that the dream has kind of improved over time, and you know, I, I love having the opportunity to be able to meet people, to experience different cultures, to be able to travel the world. I want to have that adventure. Um, and for me, for quite a long time, I haven't needed to continue to build in this industry because, you know, I've been able to earn a lot of money and to save a lot of money and invest a lot of money. So I could be, you know, quite easily self-sufficient for the rest of my days. But people kind of shake their heads and say, why do you keep doing this? And 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 the reason is I enjoy it. I love it. So most years, on average, I travel to around 60 different countries around the world and 
and do events in you know places like Moscow, Russia, or uh, Botswana, or Manila, Philippines. Um, it is cool. I, I sometimes don't know what time zone I'm in, what season it is, and I like that. It's uh, you know life should be an adventure. I mean today, so many people are stuck in routine, and I hate routine. You know, people that are every week is the same. Every week is the same battle. You know, every weekend is the same challenge of trying to make ends meet and to get out all the all the bills paid, and then you try to start over again next uh, next Monday. I never wanted that, and um, so um, you know, I have my moments when sometimes you know things are tough. You know, you'll find that you know uh, you know people letting you down never never ever gets easier. Um, but the thrill of someone surprising you and, and, and someone going out of their way to help others, I mean, that's the best remedy. So, yeah. I love that. The thrill of someone surprising you is the best remedy to someone who lets you down. That's the fact. The people are going to let you down all the time, but, you know, you got to look for those diamonds, those people out there that are just super happy. I mean, for anybody that's just walking down the street, if you look close enough, there's so much good in the world. You know, there's so many people that are, you just don't see it. We're so closed because we're stuck in our routines and our habits. And I'm guilty of this all the time. You know, I try to be the most happy human and, and just express happiness. But like, man, like there's times where I'm like really rattled. And I know everyone does. And life is a rattling situation. I mean, not to get too crazy and primal, but you know, like if you look at nature, life is tough. The world is hard. And I think yeah. sometimes we have become very soft as humans, as as people that we forget to appreciate the things in life that matter most, things like family, things like being able to do what we like and, and all of that stuff. Would you agree? A hundred percent. One hundred percent. No doubt at all. Yeah. It, I, I wonder, is have you ever been someone that has been like super into nutrition, like health and wellness? Has that ever been one of your fortes? Yeah, well, um, my mum uh, was a clinical nutritionist. Um, and I ended up gaining the same uh, qualifications. Um, so, you know, for the first, uh, you know, 10 years of my working career, we, we actually had a, uh, a clinical practice together. So that was uh, part of what we did as well as being involved in the network marketing industry. So, you know, when you think about um, you know, the network marketing industry, there, there are products out there that um, never go out of fashion. And uh, people love investing in themselves more than anything else. So, you know, whether it be a person's health, uh, you know, with, you know, fantastic nutritional products, whether it be a person's appearance, you know, with incredible, um, uh, you know, skin and beauty products or, or even, um, you know, other elements, weight loss, etc. You know, these are all um, product categories that people get very emotionally connected to. Um, and that's why they've led, uh, you know, this industry for the past, you know, 60, 70, 80 years and will probably, you know, never change. You know, going back in your career now that, you know, you're, you're in a position where you can really say you've kind of seen it all, you've been through it all, you've seen what's happened in the landscape. Um, if you could have like went back and teleported in time and whispered one, two or three things into your ear as maybe a 21 year old fresh out of college 
that would have saved you a lot of time, money, stress, and or relationships, whatever that may be. And it can't be, I don't take anything back because I am who I am because they taught me lessons. That's not acceptable <laughs> in this in this question. But if you could go back in time, what would kind of those three things be that would have really kind of, you know, propul- helped you if you would? Um, look, I, I certainly think um, one of those would have been that, uh, consistent disappointment is always going to lead, you know, to your success in this industry. Uh, you know, a very wise, um, um, inspirational leader in this industry once told me, oh, I heard him answer a question very often, you know, what's the secret of being a, a diamond in this industry? Um, and his consistent response was, if you can go out and commit, you know, to finding 500 people that will say no to you, you're going to have a great level of success in this industry. And sadly, that's the, you know, one of the number one reasons that people quit is that people um, uh, can't handle that constant rejection. But network marketing is just like a game of tennis. You know, balls are going to go in the net. Balls are going to go out over the sideline. Um, That's just part of the sport. Um, And in tennis, if you're not prepared, if you're going to quit because of that, then, you know, Wimbledon's impossible. You know, network marketing, we don't, our tennis balls are conversations and sometimes those conversations don't lead to an outcome that we want. Uh, We've got to be okay with that. And I think when I was, you know, young and competitive, you know, that was a hard thing to deal with. Um, I think secondly, uh, you know, being more consistent, you know, in the, in the, in the early days in this industry and and for many people, people will build um, a little bit, um, uh, crazily where they'll put in huge, lots of time in, in short spurts and then and then they go missing in action. So, um, uh, you know, you don't want to be that ADD networker that goes hell for leather uh, and then, um, you know, takes, uh, you know, you're, you're missing in action for, for weeks at a time. So, you know, consistency was one thing that, you know, I would have liked to have told myself, you know, just stay consistent. You know, you can never get consistent results you can't control that but the thing you can control is consistent action and i can think of you know later on in my career you know uh, i had one year that was probably the toughest year in my career and um i remember traveling to the us uh to a big event and and i was really fighting back and i wanted to make sure that i could use this event to really push my business forward and and i had uh, some great people coming along uh, to meet me there at that conference. And one by one, they all dropped out. Next minute, I don't even have anyone coming, you know, to that event. And I almost decided not to go. Um, but I thought, I'm going to learn things. I want to stay consistent, committed to my work plan. And when I attended, I had two people that hadn't committed to come, that did come. And my business that year more than doubled in one month. And so, you know, if I had strayed from having that consistent work plan, then um then uh you know I, I i probably wouldn't be having this conversation with you today um and a third thing uh w- would be always um being focused on your own goals but to be even more focused on the goals of people that you're going to commit to now that might sound a little bit airy fairy because we all have big goals and what we want to achieve in business or entrepreneurship and and it's important um, you know to have those. But in you know the industry of network marketing, 
taking your eyes off your own goals and, and kind of being uh, more focused and self-sacrificing with serving other people, it's actually the way for your goals to to be far more likely to happen. So, um, you know, that that was, you know, a powerful lesson that I would have liked to have learned at a, at a younger age in this industry as well. Yeah. Consistency is the most consistent response I hear from successful people. And it's also funny because the most successful people in the world always feel like they're the luckiest people in the world. But it's funny yeah. how luck kind of finds people that are consistent. It seems to happen all the time. So rule number one, stay consistent. Rule number two, at something that's going to build your future. So Lyndon, what's something that you, you're like, you know, deep down that you're really bad at and you just wish you were better? I, I was always bad at planning, you know, really, um, you know, sometimes I was a little bit, uh, um, you know, doing things last minute and, 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 and too spontaneous. And so part of what I really had to learn in the latter half of my career is, is really to, to plan well you know, to have a really good, efficient use of your time. And, and probably what taught me that is family, because it's, uh, you know, building in this industry is is not hard, but it's easier if you're single. You know, if you're, you know, in a family situation, you, you've got more time pressure, you know, you've got children, you know, being um, um, able to be able to plan things really well uh, is crucial. And, and that's something that I really learned um, uh, later on in my career and, and I'm hopefully getting better at, <laughs> but that's, that's what I was lousy at at one stage. I love that. And if there's like, I, I know that, you know, this has been a staple of your life, but if, if there was another career, say like completely non network marketing related, maybe it yeah. was starting a business that was related to plants or I don't know, going into becoming an astronaut, has there ever been like another career that has always fascinated you that you thought, man, what if I ever got into that, like that low key you've always wanted to jump into? Probably uh, stockbroking and investing. You know, when I was uh, 14 years of age, I um, I was pretty tall um, at that age. And, uh, you know, I went into uh, uh, my bank and set up a, a checking account. You're not even allowed to have one in Australia until you're 18. And and I um, walked uh, down the street into an arcade and, and set up a uh, a uh, an account with a, um, a stockbroking firm. And I started uh, buying and 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 uh, selling shares and equities at a, at a young age, a few hundred dollars at a time. And um, you know, really enjoyed it. So, um, you know, some years I would trade, um, you know, uh, a million plus dollars worth of shares and equities just as a, as a, um, you know, a young person and, and learnt a lot about investing. So that that's something that I've, that I've always been very passionate about, still am passionate about today. So if it wasn't this industry, uh, it would probably be investing. But obviously this industry has helped to afford me um, the money to invest. Is there an investment strategy related to either particular companies or something that you've learned and out throughout your life that has really worked for you and or maybe for someone that's looking to get involved in like something that you could kind of coach them on what they should look for based on your experience? You know, having very, very good advice. You know, sometimes, you know, some people pre uh, pretend that they're an expert at something that really they're not. So I, I love being able to know where to get really good advice, uh, you know, when I'm uh, investing money. You know, that that's, you know, number one. Um, 
and uh, and sometimes being able to go against the grain. You know, what we see over the years is a, is that most people that get involved in investing get involved in investing when something's really hot. You know, whether it be gold, whether it be cryptocurrency, whether it be, um, you know, some area of the market that's red hot. And some of the smartest investors will tell you to, uh, you know, buy investments when people are fearful um, and to sell investments when every man and his dog are jumping, uh, jumping on board. So sometimes being that sort of contrarian investor is a good, you know, uh, approach to take. Um, but I think, you know, right at the moment, it's a very tough time to invest. I mean, politics and economy, I mean, yeah, everything changes 360 degrees, uh, you know, within 24 hours. It's a, it's a crazy world today. Well, Lyndon, if there was, this is like the most staple thing that we like to learn from people. And uh, it's my favorite question to ask anybody of that's making moves like yourself, somebody that's, you know, out there day to day doing their thing, inspiring people. And it's it's related to that person that's right now maybe might be sitting there at listening to this on their way home from work. They're working a nine to five. You know, they they might love their job. They might absolutely yeah. hate their job. They might be making like no money or they might be making yeah. straight ball in 250K a year, 300K a year like they're killing it. And they got yeah. a great, comfortable lifestyle. And, you know, everything's comfortable. But in the back of their mind, they don't feel like they're growing. They don't feel like yeah. they're doing what they, they love to do. They're, there's something holding them back. They're scared. They're just, they don't know how to take that first step. What yeah. would you say to that person that's right on the cusp of either starting their own business or, you know, diving into entrepreneurship for the first time? I would say that if for that person is to embrace um you know, fighting for a better life. I mean, there are some people out there that love routine. To them, that's heaven. Uh, but entrepreneurs are generally not that type of person. And so I would just say, look, really embrace uh, being uncomfortable. Uh, really embrace uh, the challenge. Uh, know that it's going to be painful. Uh, know that it's going to, you know, push you uh, even further out of a comfort zone that uh, that, that you think that you really uh, have, but to be okay with that. Um, you know, success in entrepreneurship, I think the biggest thing is being able to embrace time. Um, it's going to take time. That's the one thing that you don't know how long that's going to be. But the greater the effort, uh, the greater the application, the greater the um, planning that you put into it, um, at times the quicker that period of time will be before you start to see that, hey, you know, you've got this, you can do it. I think every entrepreneur is capable. It's a matter of how we're able to embrace those challenges and be accepting of those challenges. Um, I'm yet to meet a successful networker or entrepreneur that um, has simply had a smooth sailing journey. And in fact, I think people that sometimes um, have a little bit of a situation like that. Maybe they were more gifted into a successful business or, or life position. They tend to not value it. You know, I mean, uh, success is sweeter, you know, when you've gone through those challenges and you've had a few wounds and a few cuts and bruises. Um, and, uh, and I think then you're kind of the type of person that wants to pay it forward to, you know, to others anyway. Entrepreneurs are, 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 are hell-bent in helping other entrepreneurs. Funny how... You know, the, the, this child 
has to burn their finger on the stove before they realize not to touch the stove. <laughs> Same thing in business. You're going to get burned. You're going to go through troubles. You're going to go through trials. It's one giant, scary, freaking life lesson of learning. And the people that, you know, 10, 20 years deeper into it, they've just been through more. And I think it's true. I truly think that anybody, if they put enough effort and consistency in, no matter how skilled they are off the bat, can become successful in their own rights uh, if they just don't give up. I don't think that's the same in sports, though. I think that if you (laughs) if you're not like a not everyone's gonna be a tom brady okay like i just think there's some athletic there's some natural talent when it comes to sports but uh linden how can people follow you on social media how can people hear more of you if if they want to hear more of the of the of the bear enough sure yeah well you can find me on um on uh facebook uh so uh, just under my name so linden l-y-n-d-o-n um and bnoff b-i-e-r-n-o-f-f for fred um so you can follow me on on um on uh, facebook um and hopefully one of these days i might even uh aim up and get onto instagram or some other social media <laughs> platform i'm, I'm getting there nice, slowly, man. Yeah. i'll hold you accountable to it it'll be good all right hey Linda, thank you so much for jumping on i appreciate your time man my pleasure thank you for listening to another episode of len jones party of two If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time, peace.